Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. Let's try that. Alongside Hunter Belaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, USA, USA, Hunter explains his plus 200 bet on the Europeans at the Ryder Cup as we celebrate a an American route over the Europeans at Whistling Straits right here in Midwestern America. We also get you caught up on everything going on in local golf, including uh, Michigan residents in the USGA Mid-Am Championships going on this week for both men and ladies and catch you up on the college golf scene as both Michigan and Michigan State boys are in action. As always, thanks for listening on Spotify, The Ticket Northern Michigan, and on Apple Podcasts. If you are listening there, make sure you subscribe rate and review us let's go look at you with the numbers fancy fancy look at all that prep Mm -hmm. and And then then a giant white space where i'm supposed to talk about the sanderson correct uh and then my computer i had you're already making excuses no no not really i had like eight tabs open and then I needed to do something on my computer that wasn't hap. Well, it wasn't hap. It wasn't just something was was wrong, and I had a feeling it was the eight tabs, so I had to close all those tabs, and that was kind of all my. So I didn't quite transfer everything over. We got a girl. We got a girl. Would right. you like me to wait? No, do you no. You need to reopen all eight of your tabs. No, I think we should be able to. We should be able to manage. Okay, this is the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season Two, Episode. Two? Episode two. So says Hunter. We didn't name last episode episode one, but it is the second week, so we have to just... And we just decided that we want two. it. We decided that we're fancy enough to be in season two, right? Yeah. It's another season of the PGA Tour, so off to a thrilling start. I want to get into the uh, Sanderson Farms. I'm feeling great about the Country Club of Jackson. Beautiful Mississippi. Back on Bermuda in a crummy field at a semi-crummy course. No offense to the Country Club of Jackson membership. Um, I can't wait to get into that, but obviously we're fresh off of the slaughter at the water. Is that what I've... Yeah, that's what I've heard. Really not a huge huge fan of that name, but a convincing victory by the American side in the Ryder Cup. Hunter, hit me with your... Your main takeaways from the week? Uh, I think uh, I think slaughter by the water. As much as I don't like the name, is pretty uh, pretty accurate for as far as what happened this past weekend. USA won nineteen to nine, doubled them up. That is the better than double. Yes, yes, indeed. Over double. That is the first time since 1967 that the U.S. has won or tied all five of their sessions. So they didn't just like, they didn't didn't just run away with it in the singles. They beat them each and every format, each and every day. Is this the point at which I remind everyone that you bet the Euros? Let me before and you remind. And I told everyone that whistling was a perfect course for us and yeah you were wrong and i was right yeah 
Um, I think the I think what people are forgetting is I bet the value. I did not root. I did not root for the Europeans. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I see value. I don't see, I don't bet my heart like Peter does. Didn't turn out to be good value. No, no, it absolutely didn't. Uh, would, there was what, there was, was actually what you mistook for value. I took that bet in maybe seven or eight days prior to the Ryder Cup, and by the time that they teed off on Friday, I was wondering why it wasn't higher, just because everything seemed <laughs> like everything seemed very stacked against. Uh, the United States, or against the Europeans, rather, and which you could have known, you could have known that far in advance had you just listened to your co-host on this if terrific I, program right here, where I'm. Oh God, here we go. If I if I <laughs> listen to you every time, I, I, it seems like now we're just kind of we're picking and choosing when I'm supposed to open my ears. That's exactly you. what we're doing, of yeah, course. Yeah, I, yes. I don't love that. I don't. I when don't, I'm uh, right, I have to say that I was right. It. I didn't watch much of um, I didn't watch much of Sunday. I, I, I had it streaming in the in the golf cart while we were playing, but to win, they won how many of the nine of the of the twelve matches on Sunday? Is that correct? Maybe ten. I know Poulter won. I know Fleetwood tied, and I know Hovland tied. Poulter won. Westwood won. Rory won. And I believe there were two halves. Two halves. It was. I think it was Fleetwood and Hobbs. So out of twelve matches, that would be that's a seven-three and two record. I think. Yeah. So it was pretty I mean, good when you're holding a substantial lead going into the last day. I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome to watch all week. My biggest. I have two really big takeaways from the week. One's kind of obvious, but the first one is that Whistling Straits is a great. Ryder Cup venue for this current American team, which I think we kind of knew having played there, having this golf course in the Midwest, those things came true. It's a driver's golf course. It is about length. They did bring it to its knees in in many respects. And we did say as long as the weather held up, that the Americans would be fine. And the weather did hold up. It was windy, but it wasn't cold. There was no precipitation while anybody was on the golf course. So, and the golf course and the views and everything, like it looked phenomenal on TV. I haven't talked to many people who were on the grounds. I imagine there was something of a rude awakening to certain people who went and attended and realized Whistling Straits is very difficult to traverse. It's like quite literally difficult to get around the golf course. I mean, just getting from where the clubhouse is. To the first fairway, up to up by the tenth green, eleventh fairway, etc., is is not easy. But like, weren't you proud to have played there and be a Midwesterner and like have that? I mean, nothing went wrong on the venue side at all. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, even, I don't even think I do. I did hear I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday that they were saying that there were a ton of spectators just tumbling all over the place, just slipping, sliding. I mean, you don't have a flat lie. You don't have a flat lie when you're walking that golf course um, at all. So it, it is... Was that... Did I see an image of... Was that Xander's dad sliding down the side of a hill? Did you see that? I, I saw Shane Lowry take a take a tumble, but I don't know <laughs> if I saw... I, I actually... Did I, Lowry really fall over? If he... Uh, it looked like he was on... I want to say maybe on hole number two, that could have been that could be totally off. But he was he was down on the right side, kind of down in the 
down off of the the ledge and had to was looking at his line walked back to his golf ball and just slipped probably four feet yeah it seemed okay yeah. going down a, going down a slope you mean slipped it yeah, yeah. Down on it. but obviously the big the fall that wasn't was the jordan what a phenomenal that was obviously they got so much run on the tv broadcast because shot tracker came through in a way that's even better like off the tee that was amazing to see how high in the air that ball went and as somebody who's been left of 17 green twice uh in the times that i've played whistling straights it's you're dead down i like for every one jordan spieth miracle shot like we saw this weekend there was jordan also not able to get it from the bunker down there over the you know that pete dive wall with the rail, railroad ties or whatever that hold up the rest of the green. So when you're down there, you're dead. He almost got kind of lucky being on the side of that hill, but obviously he went for a pretty substantial <clears throat> little run down to the water before finally hitting the brakes and and Deep. holding up before going for a little nosedive there. But all in all, the venue was phenomenal, and it did... I know it's like like it looks like links, and there's a lot of question marks coming in about high winds and stuff like that. It's a very American golf course, and that it favors a long hitter, a high ball hitter, uh, somebody who's really good with their driver. I Wait. mean, look at look at Bryson, and Bryson was basically the only guy on the Euro team that we couldn't hold up against was Rom, and. Even Scheffler took him down in singles on Sunday because he finally ran out of steam. But just like that suited our game so much more than the European team. Oh, yeah, it was so the the wind was so calm on Friday morning. I was it was it, it was crazy. Did you see? I mean, did you, were you watching it all? Oh, I mean, yeah. there was there was very very little to, to no wind. Um, I couple. I mean, I thought. Uh, we haven't talked about DJ going five and zero. I think he's only the fifth player ever, third in the modern era, since last was uh, Francesco back in uh, back in Paris in 2018. Nine of the twelve Americans had winning records. Only three that didn't were Spieth at one two and one, Harris English at one and two and zero, oh, and Tony Finau at one two and zero. Oh, which <clears throat> I don't. Uh, and here he played fine. He lost three of his last four holes against Westwood on Sunday after it was over. Yeah. So I thought Harry held up pretty well in his first Ryder Cup. The guy, the other guy who was a huge, I had question marks about Cantley, and Cantley was was phenomenal in his first Ryder Cup. They seem to the rookies seem to embrace the fun of the week and sort of like the off the course aspect um really really nicely and as a result of that they were i mean it, it helps that cantley's in probably the best form of his life but um to see him actually bring that out was you know to play that way under those different circumstances was a huge turning point and then yeah dj was unbelievable yeah, which is so funny because he's been terrible. Not terrible, but from for his standards, he's not been good uh, for most of the summer. So now to see him to see him go five and zero, oh, and then he was so hammered at it, the presser on on Sunday <laughs> of night. Of course he was. Oh my goodness! So, a la the President's Cup. Yes, the, the Siwoo shaking that ass. I uh, presser. I've seen a lot of people say say that 
like the next the next like four three or four Ryder Cups are gonna be pretty dominant by the U.S. But then after, which I tend to agree with, just given like look at the age difference. But then I saw something uh, a few days ago that out of the top ten uh, amateur rankings, four out of the top ten are Euros. So like, it, there's we're getting it should hopefully balance out here because I do think it's gonna be a I don't think I don't see any difference. I don't care how much the course in Rome fits the Europeans. I don't see that team playing like that, losing. I don't care where they are, right? Our American team. Yeah, yeah, the American Well, that's my second big takeaway is that I do think it's easy to get out over your skis here and start making promises and predictions, but I really do feel a different energy surrounding this generation of Ryder Cuppers and the way that the Ryder Cup works with captain's picks, and you're going to now see it with the Euro team. Just a you know one, basically one event after we just saw it with the Americans in terms of we had high turnover in a single two year span, which it turned out to be a three year span. But you had six guys who had never played a Ryder Cup before all of a sudden on on one team. I think you're going to see something not wholly dissimilar. But Poulter certainly will not be back. Westwood is too. F- I mean P- Poulter, I suppose, could play another one, but it's a bit of a stretch. Westwood for sure will not be back. He'll probably be an assistant captain at the next Ryder Cup. So um, that can be an opportunity for us. It turned out to be a good thing. And I I really do think I'm not going to make any bold predictions or anything, but I just think those that group will approach the Ryder Cup differently than past American groups have because they did that this week and they had great success. And so that now they know... They know what to do. They know how to treat it. And you seem to have some of those newcomers who really embrace the challenge of Ryder Cup and enjoy Ryder Cup type of golf. So, like, if Cantlay and Xander, uh, you know, are going to play like that and we're going to have that kind of depth, uh, like, you know, DJ Brooks, JT, those guys are going to be on the team. Bryson, uh, we're going to be really, really really tough to beat. What did you think of the Bryson Brooks hug? I don't know. Oh, made for TV moment there. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. manufactured package and everything for the yeah. bow, bow on yeah. top. Uh, as long as they can set, like Brooks said, as long as they can set it aside. And I did hear Brooks say after the, after the event on Sunday, he said, this is, this group had a different energy. We are, we're very close. We've known each other for what feels like 15 years. I'm paraphrasing, but that's more or less what he said. And, that makes a huge difference. So they were able to make sure Bryson didn't spoil that. And Bryson, to his credit, seemed like a big boy in his interviews, and he was very nice. And I loved watching him, again, embrace the theater of the Ryder Cup, have fun with the fans, interact with the fans. You can't try to make Ryder Cup into a normal event. You have to embrace it for what it is, and we seem to have uh, Bryson, certainly that he was the star of the show when and can we just for a minute if i had a third takeaway major takeaway it would be that one single drive that bryson hit on five that was 417 that he hit right of the right pond have you ever had a fourth shot from that close i think one time Interesting. I was thinking about that 
as well how far I was away in comparison to where he was. First of all, the broadcast missed it, and it was I really enjoyed the Friday morning Twitter threads of people just already exploding about the coverage because they were missing. They missed a tee shot, an alternate shot, in the Friday morning session off the first tee. Before all the groups were on the court. It wasn't even the last group. No, it was, like it was the second to last group. Terrible. That's pathetic. It's so bad. There's literally, that's the sixth golf ball going into play on your broadcast. And you're going to miss a tee off. So, of course, they missed the Bryson 417-yard drive on on <laughs> on five. on fr- This was Friday afternoon, right? But yeah. did you see the Sky Sports coverage of that? No, the I Euro version. I, I for some reason on Twitter I can't. When I click on those videos, it says it's not. I'm not able to view it in my area. I got into like I was getting really actually getting pretty mad. I couldn't find the video. I was searching high and low, and the fact and all I ever hear about is Sky Sports. How how good Sky Sports is. How good Sky Sports is. I'm about to move. I swear I'm about to move to Europe just so I can actually watch good golf coverage. Well, the cameraman couldn't find the ball. It was so far <laughs> I, off the fairway. I, I, yeah, once he I finally saw the video. catches up to it. It is so far down there. It is a completely absurd. When he really gets... I mean, nobody looks there. Like, no, And other people started trying it, too, and they all just hit it into the bunkers. <laughs> Rory that was are like between, 60 yards yeah, short. Yeah, it was like, Ew. no, guys, you don't understand how long Bryson is. You can't hit it in that direction on that hole. Scheffler hit it 305 to where everybody else hits it, and it looked like that ball was hit by friggin' Kevin Kisner. Yeah. I, it was so far short and left of where uh, Bryson was, but on the Sky Sports, the camera finally catches up to the ball, and you just hear the, who's ever doing the color go, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> like, this can't be. But it's like... Yeah, when he, dude, he's gonna be a force. I can't wait to see that. I don't know what the early numbers are at Augusta, but when he dials that, I know that's a perfect, that's a tailor-made golf course for him. He's gonna be, he's gonna be a great fit for U.S. Opens here for the next few years to come. He's gonna be awesome at Beth Page in four years when we're back on American soil for two Ryder Cups from now. But like when he hits his driver like that. It's just like Harry and Jordan were saying at the Northern Trust or whenever that was that he won by a million. It's the closest thing I've seen to Tiger Woods in terms of one player having a skill set that far, like that much better than the rest of the tour. Talk about getting over our skis. <laughs> no, you just crashed. <laughs> you just absolutely crashed. Face plant. Face plant. What? Did you just... I stand by that. I Is it just because it. he... So you think... What, just, so what happens in in, um, in the Masters when not everyone is rooting for Bryson? Because at that point, they have to start picking and choosing. He's not going to like... No, this, no, 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 This whole it. like... Patrick, I mean, this exact same thing happened to Patrick Reed where he became Captain America for like a cup of coffee. And now people don't like him anymore. No one's going to like Bryson in a, in five months. I don't well, think. no, no, no. He's going to do something stupid. There's, I don't mean, I don't mean to say that he like is Tiger Woods or he, the only thing I'm saying is that in this little vacuum, 
very, very tight, small vacuum. The way that he hits his driver right now is so far superior to the second best driver on tour in terms of just the potential to hit, to gain strokes off the tee. Like, if he really dials it in with his driver, he can dominate a field because the players, the rest of the players on the PGA Tour simply cannot keep up with him. No. So, like, he has the best chance to, like, hit that back. Let me go back. His advantage in that one area, I, that's the most significant advantage I've seen in one area of the golf game since Tiger Woods. Nobody has been dominant in one area like that since Tiger was dominant with his driver like that. And he came on tour and was hitting drives, and everyone was like, but that's like 100 yards past the guy he's playing with. you know." And then that's exactly what Bryson's doing now. He hit it 417, dude. That's a real hole. He hit a pitch <laughs> know, shot for I a, know how far he, he hit, hit it. He hit a pitch shot for a second on a part like, five. Why doesn't he win more? He's going to, and he already wins a lot. I know he does, but he he already has a major. But if he US if you're if you're gonna start using Tiger Woods' name, you he better start winning soon. Okay, <laughs> not so just like, not just winning at the who is he who is he even who just, was he paired against? Like I, that's where we always get stuck. And if we are over our skis, you are, and I'm not over my I'm, I'm not over my I'm not over my skis. Over you're my over skis. you're over your skis. But, this is crazy. This is crazy talk. <laughs> you are talk about being in the moment. You are absolutely okay. Then, uh, <laughs> recency bias is the Open Championship at St Andrews. Uh, no, I thought it was one more kind of off course. I can tell you. Okay, some. I'll tell you. The, he's gonna win that. That course is wide open. Twenty twenty two Open Championship is at uh, Royal St George's. He's definitely not gonna win that. No. The hundred. Oh, actually. Royal St. George's, we just played Royal St. It's, that's, it says the... Shane Lowry won that. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, 2022 St. Andrews, 10th to 17th, July 2022. Yeah, okay. How do we get in on that? Do, they, do we have early odds on that? Of course we do. I love Bryson there. Let's get way... Let's get no, so way I, I, I think... Uh, I think you are. I think you are pretty spot on. He embraced the embraced the moment. But we've. I think you've said it. I've said it that Bry- Bryson. All Bryson wants is to be loved. For sure. And yeah, he's gonna be loved for these three days. But then he's gonna go. He's gonna do unless he just unless he something. It's a perfect setup for Europe, dude. He'll wear that little Kangol hat. Something they love those hats. Unless something crazy they? happened, he's gonna do something stupid. That's say just say something stupid. Say something. Do something stupid. He's got potential to do both. He he has always has, and then I think people are just gonna it's gonna go back to the this same. And then he and then once he faces a little bit of adversity, I get it. He he's gonna have some psycho like psychologically. Yeah, I get it. But I'm just I'm just talking about his driver. Driver goes far. And is he did? It, are we at the long drive? Uh, I haven't. Uh, Did anybody see anything? Wasn't that supposed to be yesterday? You told me last time it was supposed to be last week or two weeks ago. So I'm not, sure, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you're the detail-oriented person here. Well, that's that's already putting us in the hole. If I'm the detail-oriented person, okay. Long drive. <laughs> First of all, 
while you Google that one thing, did you also get a line for Bryson at the 2022 Open Championship? Or should I do that? Nope, that's coming up here right now. At the Open Championship, Bryson is... Oh he's got to be like not, the not even, favorite. No, he's not. He's not even in top six. What? He's uh, plus 2,000 right now. 20 to 1. Love it. What a great number. I love that. And I bet you might even be able to do a little bit better by shopping around, but that's still good. We'll see. I'll definitely see. I mean, I think it's... Uh, how many wins does he have? I'm just going to pull a rabbit out of a hat here and say four. How many in the last year? Two. I thought Northern I Trust and... One other one. What's the other one? Bay Hill? Did he win Bay Hill? Yes, I believe so. You're way off. He has eight. Yeah, a lot. He wins a lot. More than I think we give him credit for. Yeah. That 20 to 1 is good. I got FanDuel, State of Michigan, 16 to 1. Oh, wait a minute. So nothing really. I mean, so I guess my. He only has since this since this whole transformation. He had a great he had that great season, two thousand eighteen, where he had those four wins. But then, you know, since that, that his whole body transformation, he only has a win at the Rocket Mortgage, U.S. Rocket. Op, U.S. Okay. Open with no no fans. Then they're all Palmer. So, what? It, and Andy just won. Didn't he just win the Northern Trust? No, you keep saying that. I don't know why you keep what saying that. What did he just it. win? He just wanted to. He won a playoff event. Didn't he, he won the no. Didn't no. he win the first one? No. Are you sure? I Wikipedia is not updated then if he did, but uh, his last win was on March 7th of 2021 at the Arnold Palmer. His last win was at the Ryder Cup, okay? That was last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he won the Northern Trust in 2018. I know that too. Okay, well, <laughs> who won in 2021? <laughs> I promised we weren't going to do any post-production on this. Damn it all. Did Cantley Can won that? Who won the first? Was the Northern Fee now. Tony Fee now. They're the same player. <laughs> They're the same player. So why the hell did I have it in my? All right, all right. Well, so I mean, I, 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 I uh, stopped me from liking him, and I saw eighteen. You said twenty. I like him at St. Andrews. Oh, good. I like I like him where he can freaking hit a lot of drivers, like Whistling Straits, which you can hit a lot of drivers at St. Andrews. Good drivers win there, right? Louie, Tiger. I thought you could just kind of hit anything there. Like, you didn't really like, because this is more like placing it, or is it is it just kind of like bomb it and? Well, there's no, there's no. Uh, but there's a bunch of there's a bunch of potholes. The whole thing looks like a giant green. There's no pot. I was thinking more like the. There are bunkers. Bunk, put the pot. There are bunkers. pot bunkers. But so these I, guys, some of these guys are as straight with their driver as they are with a three iron. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. I might be one. Of, I might be one of those people. 
I am one of those people. I know it for a fact. The long iron play this weekend, like the shots that those guys were hitting into some of those par threes, so good. And I love that they use those little thumbs at whistling straights, like some of the areas of those greens where you walk around while you're there in the property and you're like, wow, what would it be like if they put the flag over here? And then you see it and yeah. like you see Scotty Scheffler like hit it into the gorse bush on uh, 12 and like... Some of those pins on uh, that pin on seven, uh, that's that par three. Yeah. Uh, they put it right in the right in the bottleneck on the first day, I think. Yeah. First day morning round. Right, where it goes from like one section to another. Yeah. And of course they all hit it to it was it was it was so demoralizing to watch <laughs> them most more specifically like the first six holes of the morning round on Friday when there was no wind to speak of and they were just throwing dart after dart after and just making birdie 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 birdie. I just go, What the what the heck is going it was it was it was you always worry like like these are the best golfers from from both Europe and from the US but like you always want them to perform at their highest level and you felt like at least I felt like like there was a chance that if whistling gets tough like pars could easily win a um a foursomes format hole but I think I think the like you said like you said the conditions really didn't pick up that much so I think it worked out really well where there were st- there were a ton of birdies but there were still some hard shots involved because um, I favor courses that are e- not easier necessarily but have more birdie opportunities for a match play match play setting. Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing is yeah they they I think that's part of the reason why they moved up the tee on one on six. Yeah. Make those holes really short, drivable. How far was that hole for us? Do you remember? Like, Six? No, one. Like 400 and something? 420? Ooh, I think we played it at like three, about that same tee. I think they played from like, we probably played it from like 380. Okay. We had a long ways in. It was so cold, dude. Long ways in. Yeah, I hit a nine iron there. <laughs> I hit a nine iron too. Yeah, I dived t- I t- my buddies after Bryson drew on the green. I was like... That's not the tee that everybody hits from. <laughs> like I hit a nine iron, and I have made. I, I've. You'll notice the next time you play whistling that, you have to birdie. Like, you have to get off to a good start. First six one and two, and three, depending on the pin location, like you have good opportunities for birdies. Oh yeah. Right away, two you almost have to make birdie. One you probably should make birdie. Because then you turn and the figure eights by the lake, you turn and you start coming back the opposite direction. You turn, you play five, usually straight into the wind. The hole where Bryson hit at 417 somehow. And like that hole, so it's a par five. It's so hard to make five on that hole. Rom rinsed twice, both of his first two sessions trying to get to that green and two. You can, 277 plays 305 there from the fairway. Like you cannot. You have to lay it up between bunkers on the right and water on the left. Anyway, I was really I was really proud of the golf course. I was glad to have played there, and all, all in all, it was a highly successful Ryder Cup. Did we? I mean, I'm sure we missed a bunch. There's so much to talk about, but should we cover anything more before we get on to the? Do you want to go to the local stuff, or do you want to go to the Sanderson? Uh we can go. You want to go local? Want to go Sanderson? It doesn't matter to me. What do you want to do? Sanderson it is. 
Can we do local? <laughs> Let's rip off the Sanderson. Let's rip it off. Uh, tell me what you know about the Sanderson Farms, Hunter. Uh, I know it's in uh, at the Country Club of Jackson. Beautiful state of Mississippi. State of Mississippi. That is the only event played in the, the great state of Mississippi. I... I can tell you it's a par 72. I, I assume that nobody is making the trek down from, from Kohler, Wisconsin. Sergio. Or? Sergio is. Defending okay. champ. So Sergio is... Uh, Back to defend his title. This is this is usually where I mean this is a this is an event where I imagine that Peter has a bunch of long shots. He's been stewing. Oh over, baby, stewing over for the last uh, two months. I have been preparing, eager as a beaver. When some of my Sunday bets at the Ryder Cup didn't hit, freaking Finau getting lapped by Poulter, and I didn't hit the Green Bay San Francisco under. I was like having to coach myself you need to go to bed Peter because I was refreshing my app trying to see the freaking Sanderson lines which weren't <laughs> out yet but we got ourselves a little 7300 almost 7400 yard par 72 so we got four par fives this week in Jackson Mississippi on Bermuda we're looking at high teens winning scores uh, Sergio won last year. Munoz beat Sung J M in a playoff the year before that. Ryan Armour has won here. Um, you do like the Fortinet, like some of the other events in the shoulder season. You have to pay attention to motivation. Why are these players here? This event um, generates some breakthrough winners and generates some older winners trying to you know, regain some form or uh, kind of, you know, continue their careers on tour like uh, in the case of Sergio last year. In terms of the golf course, it's a country club. It's country club style. It's tree-lined. It never really, even though the yardage does add up over the course of the 18 holes, it doesn't really feel long. Um the course is gettable. Like I said, high teens winning score. So the correlating statistics that work on this golf course, um, the players like Cam Champ, who I think won here the year before Munoz, and and other kind of in the similar fashion to the way that Munoz played the year that he won, you can win with a driver and a putter here. So that's one way to go. You can also win with your irons here. So if you look at the guys who finish either either win the tournament or finish towards the top of the leaderboard year over year, they're either very high in strokes gained off the tee or very high in strokes gained approach. And usually in both cases, they're somewhere near the top in putting. Sergio was one of the only guys who really didn't gain a ton of strokes on the greens when he won. So you can ball strike the hell out of it but I mean like Sergio we know he's a world class ball striker so there's really only maybe two three four guys in this field who could really ball strike their way to a victory he's one of them but you're going to need you're going to need to make some putts and bump into a uh, 
a hot putter to uh, to be successful here. So, uh, like I said, Sergio won last year. Munoz has won here. Camp Champ has won here. Ryan Armour. Um, Sung M lost in a playoff. Let's go to the odds board, shall we? Because it's very interesting here as we're into Season 2 of the Great Lakes Golf Podcast that Sam Burns, our guy Sam Burns, who we hit last year at... Um, wherever the hell that was, Innisbrook? Yes. Uh, is now his ascension through the through the tour continues as he's the betting favorite at the Sanderson Farms at fourteen to one, followed by three guys at sixteen to one: Corey Connors, Zalatoris, Sung J M. I think Zalatoris is going to be really popular uh, this week. Sergio, the defending champ, is twenty. Tringali. And Charlie Hoffman are twenty-five to one. Then a bit of a leap to thirty-five, where there are many players, including Cam Davis, Keegan Bradley, Siwoo Kim, Mito Pereira, who I, I think will be uh, just as popular as Zalatoris this week. A lot of us liked him at Fortnet. I hit an each way. He came in third. Like I said, driver and a putter. People will follow Mito in the Cam Champ kind of footsteps there. Uh, Seamus Powers, 35 to 1. Crazy to think about. Streelman is a horse for course at 35. Harold Varner will get some interest in pretty good farm, form at 35. Matthew Wolf is really interesting. I do think you can comp Country Club of Jackson to Rocket Mortgage as another short ish par 72 that's Country Club style. That's bent grass, obviously, and this is Bermuda, but, um, you know, high percentage of greens hit. Of really low winning score around 20 under have to make a lot of putts not particularly long but you can gain <clears throat> you can uh, really help yourself with good driving there like we've seen with Cam Davis and Bryson winning at the Rockets so uh, Matthew Wolf has played well at the Rocket Mortgage and he is 40 to 1 here which might be value along with Cor- Carlos Ortiz Sebastian Munoz Gary Woodland is 45 Taylor Pendrith 50 Aaron Wise 50 uh, and then it goes on from there. I ask you, Hunter, do you have any strong leans right out of the gate for the Sanderson Farms? Uh, the one thing that I'm looking at is is uh, the type of winner. Uh, previous to Sergio, um, the there was a six-year run of the Country Club of Jackson yielding a breakthrough winner. So six first-time winners prior to, to Sergio. So that's kind of where I'm looking. And, and so I guess that removes Sam Burns and, and Sungjae from, from that conversation. I, I mean, I've, you've been a, a Mito, Mito Piero guy now for uh, what seems like a while. And he played really well two weeks ago at Fortnite. Um, so that's, that's a name that, I, that, that kind of stood out. I also really like charlie hoffman to i don't know what the number is but to top 20 he's only played in this event three times but he's always pretty stu- he's a pretty steady eddie guy he's three for three here with a t6 a year ago um and then outside of outside of that he's even money to top 40 by the way even money top 40 top 20 top Sorry. 20 okay top 20 you say you got you got me excited there for a second. I almost I almost ran to the book. Uh, still good value though. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think that's great value. Um, and then you mentioned power. Um, 
he has made 11 he has taken the last month off but prior to that he has made 11 straight cuts on the pj tour so i don't know what those what do you think what are those odds right there for a top 40 well, Seamus's odds are really, are they, in my opinion, kind of inflated this week, and I have heard him discussed uh, in, in 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 gambling circles, which makes me kind of nervous. Rightfully uh, so. He's got two two top twenties here. He's minus one sixty five to top forty. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Some of the shortest. That's with. Siwoo, Mito, Keegan Bradley, some of the some of the shorter odds in the entire field. The one thing I would caution you you said he's two he's two for two here? Uh he's he has uh he has two top twenties. I believe those are his only two starts here. He's very he's a short game. Seamus is a bit of a short game specialist. I imagine his ball striking has gotten better because that's why his finishes have gotten better. But like you everybody hits the green here. So like if you're missing greens and you're needing to gain strokes, chipping and pitching, you're you're not making birdie obviously, so that's not really helping you. Um, I like the player, I like the fit, I just don't like the value. No, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The more I heard that number, the the less I liked it. There's a couple guys that I knew I wanted to bet even before the board came out. One was Adam Shank. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you like that? He, he is. I'm seeing uh, him at 80 to one right now. It's hey, you can tell me I'm. Like, I, I, I like I, just, I like, uh, Ed, I like Shank's game. I I like breakthrough victory. This guy almost won last fall in Tahoe. That was not that long ago. Nope, it wasn't. Uh, he's very good with his irons. He can gain a lot putting. Um. I like him in this field. This feels like a again. Hunter said before Sergio six breakthrough winners, so must Armor must have won before that, unless that was Armor's first win on tour. But that was one guy <clears throat> I knew I wanted to bet. The other guy I knew I wanted to bet uh, was Doug Gim. Why? So he has some history here. Okay. He's played well here. I think he's played here twice before um believe actually this was one of his yeah it must have been his first or second uh start on tour as it is for many guys and i happened to watch him that week that was the week that i was on the grounds so i got to see him up close and personal i think that uh he has winning upside i think his number is way shorter probably than it should be i'm seeing it around 60 65. I do see DraftKings has him a little bit higher at 80 to 1. Um, sometimes when the handicappers like him as much as you do, as is the case this week with both Gim and Shank, um, sometimes that means you're right and you have to take the shorter number. So I like Gim on a short course on a par 72 because he's very good with his irons. He can gain a lot with his irons, and he only needs to bump into a lukewarm hot putter for a round or two to get himself into contention. I also think he's in that range where in each way makes sense, and I do I do like him. to. I think he's got a really good chance to top five, even if he doesn't uh, pull it all the way off because he, he hasn't quite been in contention 
in that way. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him get up there early in the week and then maybe fade a little bit. But I, I like him in the top 10, top 5 type of uh, area as well. So that's Shank. That's uh, Doug Gim. I really like Charlie Hoffman, like you mentioned. Oh, good. I saw the form here. I, I mean, I saw the form coming in. The history here is good. We felt like he was due last year, late summer, early fall. His game was really picking up. Um, the fact that he's had some decent, you know, you worry about the putting with Charlie sometimes, and the iron play got a little rough last year, but, like, I don't, when he's had a couple decent finishes on a, on a, on this golf course, it makes me think he's comfortable on the greens to the point where I can ride him in a birdie fest. I haven't clicked 35 to one yet because excuse me 25 to one yet because that's pretty short for Charlie Hoffman even in this field and I'm already in on Gim I'm already in on Shank so I'm waiting on Hoffman I might just bet Hoffman top 10 even rather than top 20 because I do like him that much he's he's plus 200 uh to top 10 or I might wait see if he comes out and shoots two or three under in the first round and if those odds dip a little bit I'll, I'll buy back in as the as the value changes one more pick on the outright side before I get to the finishing positions uh CT pan I saw that name and that that name that name stood out a little bit he's why well, he had t12 here t something like that last year so he's got a little bit of um and he played well two weeks ago was he T yeah. ten last T or in, inside the top ten last week or two weeks ago rather? Yeah, he's in good. Looks like he's in better form, and I like him on again a guy who can play. Real, he's there's the driver putter angle with the Mito and Keith Mitchell and and uh, uh, Matthew Wolf and Cam Davis and all guys that I like that I'll probably play in DraftKings, but the, then this other angle is can you gain a lot of irons in putting, and I think. Uh, CT based on the higher finishes, he, he he looks to have it kind of turned around there with the putter, and um, he seems to play well on these kinds of courses. Wyndham, Hilton Head. I don't think this course is terribly dissimilar from those, in that it's tree lined. It has a sort of sets up narrow visually, but in terms of just how it plays out, it's something of a birdie fest and a putting contest. Um, and I like, I like CT in a in a field like that, and I think the value is is good, and I love the value in DraftKings too. Finishing position and DraftKings. Sorry, I've been talking for a while. We're at the forty five minute mark. Grayson Sick, sixty nine hundred dollars in DraftKings. The only better value on the board this week is Shank at sixty seven hundred. I love Grayson. I mean, four par fives. He's he was fine at the Fortinet and didn't appear to putt well at all. I'm really high on this kid. I think he's going to be one of the best Corn Ferry Tour graduates. He's he's gotten himself all the way down in the 65-1 on DraftKings Sportsbook to win this golf tournament outright, which is, I think, the same number I just gave for CT, which is crazy to think about, and yet he's 6,900 in DraftKings. So um, if you can't stomach it in the outright market or the finishing position market 
uh, go play him in DraftKings because the value is is still there in DraftKings. So uh, he's a great player. He, he's going to gain and he's going to gain probably in all three categories this week. He'll gain off the tee. He'll gain on approach and he'll gain a little bit on putting. And I think that'll be enough to. He makes a lot of sense for top twenties, top forties, and, and DraftKings. As does Shank. Adam Shank. You're costing you're costing my butt a lot of money. So hopefully you start playing well. Have you have you cashed Adam Shank? Yeah, cashed the each way at Tahoe. Did you? Okay. I think he finished third. Who did? Remember remember he drove it like wildly into the tree. He was ahead. Then he kind of blew it. Then he really blew it. Then he kind of came back at the end. Yeah, I I guess I thought he was one of the guys that missed by a number, like missed by one and like cost you money. Maybe I mean, I'm completely off. Like, oh, he did. Mito Piero like definitely was I thought he was solo third at Silverado. He was. So where was Adam Shank? Oh, I'm talking about Well, you're talking about Napa. 2 weeks, t- 2 weeks ago? Yeah. 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 I don't. I probably did lose money on him that week. <laughs> I'm talking about Tahoe. <laughs> last season. Oh, back at oh, last season. Oh, <laughs> the uh, going back in the archives. Stableford. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was my last. Out, that was well. I may have outright. I probably no. I outright him at the Safeway. You're absolutely right. I probably did. And yeah, you're right. He barely made the cut. And you're right. I missed on the top forty. Look, I'm back on Shank. I'll be in on Shank at least top 40, maybe top 20. I'll be in on Sig top 40 and top 20. And I'll be in on Charlie top 20 and maybe top 10, finishing position-wise. Do you have picks for me, or do you want to get to the local scene? Uh, I think I'll, I'll probably just bet Charlie Hoffman to top 20 and top 10. I really like Charlie Hoffman. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's have a Charlie week. Charlie week. And if Mito... Wins this freaking tournament two weeks after I had him, when everybody's gonna have him. It's gonna it, it's it it's will gonna hurt. hurt. It's going to hurt. It's gonna hurt so bad. But be wary of the high, high, highly popular golfer. When you find yourself on the side of the majority, yeah, it's time to pause and reconsider. That's typically the case in all all facets of sports gambling, not just golf. And life. Yeah. All right, hit us with what's going on in the local scene. Yeah, so um, we actually have the uh, the USGA mid-amateurs for both women and men are taking place uh, this week. They are just getting into match play. Uh, we had three women make the round of 64 um, they are playing in South Carolina down at uh, Berkeley Hall Club. I'm not sure if you've ever been there. Bluffton, you ever been in Bluffton, South Carolina? Can't say that I have. Looks looks like a uh, sweet little track. But uh, anyways, uh, Kimberly Din, I don't know if you remember that name, Peter. She is the uh, reigning Michigan Women's Am champion from this summer. Uh, she uh, graduated from Wisconsin, lives down in, in Midland. She actually beat one of uh, the two other Michigan players, two and one in the round of 64. That was uh, Jacqueline uh, Cetus, I will say, from, uh, she's a Michigan State graduate. And then uh, Chelsea Colora also advanced the round of 64, and she lost one down. Uh, Kimberly actually, Kimberly won her round of 32 match. 
two up and she is currently two up she is currently one up through 12 holes in the round of 16. Nice, nice. So, one more win this afternoon for a trip to the quarters. Yes, yeah. And it's uh, she actually, her swing coach is a guy that I worked with for a few years down in uh, Frankenmuth, down at the Fortress. I don't know if you ever played that golf course, sweet life. I love the Fortress. Very that's nice golf great, course. That's a great yep. course. Shout out to Kyle Martin. Very nice guy. Why aren't you better? <laughs> you can only... <laughs> As a as a um, as somebody that was on Kyle's side of things for a while, you can only teach somebody so much, so many things physically about the golf swing. At some point, the mental side of thing just takes over. So like, I'm going to blame just the head case. But Kimberly, Kimberly is making up for it. She's obviously she's obviously a hell of a player. Yeah. yeah and then uh, the the USGA Mid Am for the men is taking place in. Uh, Sagdity, uh, Massachusetts, and <clears throat> there was only, I believe there's only one Michigan guy that made it through, and he did not advance through the the round of 64, and his name is escaping me, Jimmy Chestnut from Royal Oak. Lost 2-1 and one, uh, in the round of 64. Not the hot dog eater? Nope, that's Joey. Brothers? I, d- I didn't do any research if they were uh, if they were related in any way. I was about to say, oh, I think I know that guy. <laughs> I realized. No. No, I just know a famous hot dog eater by that. No, by by same last name. So so not. Uh, there was there were a few other. Um, Sounds no, kind of like a gangster name too, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So not uh, not a ton of representation from on the men's side of things, but best of luck to to Kimberly as she plays around a sixteen. I'm sure they'll be. I think it wraps up on the thirtieth if, if she continues to to win her matches. And I see you have through twelve holes there. So can you tell us where do we get the live scoring? Uh, if you just go to the USJ.org, and then you go to championships and you click on the the uh, U.S. Women's Mid-Amateur. There'll be live live scoring right there. Same goes for the men. <clears throat> How about college? And then uh, for college, Michigan boys just finished uh, just finished runner-up this past week at the uh, the Yale McDonald Cup. They shot uh, 852 day total, uh, coming in second place to Yale. Uh, sophomore Will Anderson actually claimed medalist honors with a career low 204 minus six. He is the first of uh, first Wolverine to win an event in nearly two years. Nice. Uh, just a f- couple of follow-up scores. Uh, freshman Hunter Thompson followed Anderson, tying as the medalist runner-up with a career low 207 minus three. And then there was a sophomore playing as individual Jude Kim. Finished uh, tied for six, career low two eleven, plus one. Nice, and I think career lows. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so good playing out there uh, in the Yale Cup, and I think this is one of the few events of the year, Peter, where the nine hole scores are lower than the players' ACT scores. What do you think about that? The only event of the year. This field was like. Every Ivy League school in Michigan. It was. <laughs> it was. It was pretty. So yeah, it's like we are. Michigan is the safety school for the Ivy League applicants. So maybe that's a sort of a bone that they threw to us. But you think so? Uh, potentially. Potentially. Uh, Michigan yeah. girls were uh, are still off. 
the Michigan State boys are just played. They're playing in a in the middle of a Monday Tuesday event right now. Uh, they are in fifth place. They were in fifth place after the morning round, carding uh, as of yesterday. A 281. They followed up with a 285 in the afternoon round, so they still have to play uh, another 18 holes today. Um, some scores: uh, Bradley Bradley Smithson, the Michigan Open champion, fired a four under six four under 67. Uh, four in, in in the second round, total of a one under par so far over the two days. Nice, Troy. Taylor the second, who we've mentioned on the podcast a couple mm-hmm. times now, is one over one forty three through the two days, and James Piat is uh, two over two over par through the two days or two the two rounds one day. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then one more Mich- day on that. Yep. And then Michigan Michigan State girls are off until sometime next week, I believe. Got it. Okay. And then outside of that, I don't have uh, I don't have a ton else locally. I should I guess I should mention the very quickly the uh, the Gam Senior Invitational was this past uh, it was yesterday rather so just this past Monday the winner was escaping me come on come on hunter it's loading man it's loading come on it's loading it's loading come on the winner for the for the men was uh david levon from ann arbor shot a seven under 65 pretty darn good and then for the senior women uh a name that we've i've said a couple times on this podcast uh Terry uh, Delcamp from Grand Blank shot even 72 to take home uh, the women's division, and that is the 11th GAM Senior Tournament champion. So you either got to win your club championship at home or, yeah, I think that's, that's the way you get them, win your club championship. So that's all I got from the local side. Nice. Yeah, and then we have our uh, leaving tomorrow for Hilton Head. Ooh, baby. Yeah. Are you excited? I am very excited. Remind everybody that you're driving. I am driving, yeah. How many hours? 17. You're back and be ready to play golf after that? Uh, Yeah, hopefully. You got a seat heater in that thing? Yes. Yeah, yes, make I sure do. to cook that baby. Cook I, yourself uh, good. I have been, so I'm a... Stick a tennis ball, you know. Move it around back there? Yeah. I have been, I'm a known stomach sleeper. And that causes back problems, if you didn't know. So I, I've, for the last 10 days or so, I've been forcing myself to sleep on my back. Really? To, to make sure that... Did you actually succeed at doing that? Oh, yeah. I've been trying to sleep on my back for years. Yeah. Yeah. No, I... Um, it's not easy. It's so hard. If I'm, if I'm exhausted... If, I, if I'm not... If I'm exhausted, I can go sleep on my back. But if I, if I just like, can't fall asleep, I need to go to my stomach and then I... My back always hurts, so we'll see. I'm gonna we're gonna leave tomorrow at two o'clock. We're just gonna drive through the night. We have a tea time at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> and then you uh, mean Thursday afternoon? Thursday afternoon. Okay, thank yes. you for that. I was gonna say, Hunter, you're not gonna make that. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. <laughs> so I think uh, it sounds like four of us are gonna play Thursday afternoon, just as kind of a 
I didn't want to drive that far and play only 54 holes. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. We're going to drive down there, play Thursday, and then the actual Ryder Cup event, which I'm on Team Europe for, starts. Well, that makes sense. You are a turncoat. <laughs> starts on Friday. Play 36 holes on Friday. Oh, so you're more your round on Thursday. It's just a little warm-up round. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's okay. nice. I, yeah, I just because it, it was just going to be... Shake it out, get loose, have a couple white claws. Yeah, it was going to be two... Um, Two rounds on Friday, one round on Saturday, and then leave on Sunday. And I was like, "Yeah, that would have been lots of driving, just to, two days of golf." Yeah, yeah. No, you're playing it right. Yeah. All right, we look forward to a full recap. Of course. And good luck on your Charlie Hoffman top twenty, top ten bets this. Yeah. This weekend, the Mito thing might. I mean, maybe he's, maybe he's a good play for top ten or top twenty or something like that. If you're not sure that he's going to win, but. I look forward to uh, Adam Shank ho- hoisting the trophy on Sunday. We'll see about that. <laughs> so th- I think the worst thing it would it would it would be. I'm being very careful with what I say because I think it would actually be worse. Worst case scenario is me, like talking down about like a guy like Adam Shank at this high of a number than him hitting. I think that would be worse than me like missing continually, continuously. So. Put myself in a tough spot. You're just <laughs> anti Adam Shank. Anti Adam Shank now. You're, based on how hard that was to follow, I think you might be overthinking it. The story of my life, <laughs> right there. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yep.